Welcome to The Purpose Podcast. My name is Rachel. I'm here with my husband, Zach, and we're so grateful that you've taken time today to invest in your purpose. And we really do believe that God's created you on purpose for a purpose to win your world. And we want to help. So today we are super excited. We're going to get right into the content so that we can kind of stick in a timeline because there's so much uh, that we could talk about concerning this topic, which is transformation. Transformation. I think everybody is um, tired of the stink of religion. And we hear a lot like, well, that following Jesus, it's not about religion, it's about relationship. But then you look around and you have all these people who are theoretically Christians, like, or say, hey, say, I'm a Christian, but I'm not experiencing transformation. My community doesn't have any transformation. When I look around, and especially like at America, we have these, we have large churches and people who say, hey, I believe in Jesus, but they're not walking in power. There's nothing different about their relationships. They, we look just like the world. And I think that for me anyway, I get a little frustrated because I think, gosh, like, isn't, isn't being a Christ follower supposed to be more? Mm-hmm. So we want to talk a little bit about transformation versus religion. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, let's kind of, let's, let's take a minute to kind of separate that out. What, what would that look like? And so let's, let's use a, let's, let's try to use an analogy that's, that is not as maybe charged or as complicated as, um, you know, a walk with God, a Christian, because is there just a religion, you know, you're doing it mm-hmm. for, uh, because your parents did or whatever, or a transformation, like you're a new creature. And so I'm trying to think about what, what would be, what would be a good example of just being, uh, just kind of barely in on something or being like totally committed to something, you know, like if you, you think about being, uh, there, there's people out there who are fans uh, so I would say as I've gotten older and gotten got a little more busy, uh, I've become, I still get furious watching the UT Vols. Um, but uh, but uh, th- there's a big difference between where I am now, where I watch the game, and that's really it. Um, I, don't, I don't listen to talk radio anymore, mostly because your son pulled the antenna off of my truck, and so I can't get uh, the sports animal anymore. Uh, but, uh, I, I do see, I do see a real difference and I'm, I'm in this, uh, text message thread with probably 10 guys or whatever. Um, and there's a big difference between, uh, there's a guy in there, AJ Rucker, who's got, he's got a podcast on it, you know, all, on the vols. He's he brings going to the games. Players on there. Oh, they, yeah. Almost all of them. They all go to the games. Like, and, and then they'll say like, they're, they're calling players by like their first name. I'm like, Hey, who are we talking about? I only see like numbers and the name on the back of the shirt. And, uh, but there's just a big difference between, I would just say like, I, I'm, I'm passionate. I care about it. I really do. Um, I yell at the TV as much as everybody else. Uh, but like, I haven't let it change like the content that I'm taking in. Like I haven't let it change, which I'm not, I'm not, but I'm not judging anybody for doing that. I'm just trying to make, I'm just trying to make a correlation in our minds uh, because I think the people who listen to this podcast um, are, they're, they're making an effort. We're making an effort to be transformed. Um, but I know for me, uh, in, in a season of stretching, there's, there's just more and more signs uh, that I, I continually need to be transformed, mm. right? Um, and honestly, the word transformed um, is not 
is not used a ton of times, at least in the New Testament. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, one of the ones that we know uh, that the specific word for transform, there's one that's only used, I think, two or three times, but in Romans 12, 2, you know, don't be conformed to this power of this world, be transformed by renewing your mind. Mm -hmm. And then that's the same verse that's used at the Mount of Transfiguration, where Jesus, um, you know, where uh, Elijah and Moses are there with Jesus. But um, I, I think it'd be challenging for people to think about the difference and really ask themselves the difference between what a transform looks like, what a life looks like, and what a religious life looks like. Well, and I think we could even, we could break it down so to articulate it this way. Have we replaced following Jesus for simply believing in Jesus? Because there is a difference between believing in Jesus and following Jesus, a difference between belief and saving faith. So what so what 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 are some what are some differences? E- even if even if we could be so vulnerable to say like in our life, what what are some differences between following Jesus and believing in Jesus? Because I think most people would just lump those things together. Right. So if you like belief is to accept something is true, like you're, you're sure you feel sure of the truth of that thing. So I think we could take it down to like our belief about ourselves, right? So like identity. Um, so in Christ, so like, Hey, I believe I was created, um, by God on purpose. And there is a difference between, okay, well, I, I feel, I believe that's true, but to follow it is to act according to it, to conform to it, to strive after that is to really follow something. So if we say, Hey, I believe that God created me on purpose, but I am not following him in that truth because I'm not seeing, Hey, I'm not striving after the things that God says about me yeah. to walk in those as the way my natural reaction and response. It's, it's hard because we don't get to see, we don't get to see with our eyes, which I think there's a reason for that. We'll talk about it here in a minute, but we don't get to see God as much, mm-hmm. uh, which again, I think is our fault, which we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. But like if I asked people, if we could do like a poll and I said, Hey, what's more real gravity or God? Um, well, you know, and the Christians want to say, well, well, you know, God, no, no, like I, I want you to say, what's more real, God or gravity? Mm. Um, and it, it's it's hard because we have, like like you said, we believe in God, but we act accordingly. We follow gravity. So like whenever you get close to it's the so edge, good. so and if you would say, well, Zach, obviously, you know, what I'm I'm not I'm not telling people to live ridiculous, but when Peter was on the boat. And he saw Jesus walking, and he said, if you're the Lord, ask me to come out there. And I don't know, I think it's gravity that would make him sink, right, uh, at, at some level, uh, physics and moleculars and Boy whatnot. And uh, but uh, gravity plays a role. It has Black to. Uh, don't worry about it. But whenever he looked out there, and Pe- Peter had to make the decision, what's more real to me? The sea and my buoyancy and the gravity that will pull me down or the fact that he said to follow him out there into the impossible. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, I, I know for me, like I, I let, I, I, I spend time in the Word, I spend time in prayer and stuff like that, but how often do, how often is my belief in God really secondary to the other things I'm following? What people think about me, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. how I feel, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. But I love the delineation between 
believing and following. If I just, this is the Purpose Podcast, and we believe that your purpose is to win your world, which a massive part of that is to share your faith. Mm -hmm. Well, we believe biblically there is a heaven and a hell. You know, I mean, there's 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 parables about it. Jesus teaches specifically on it that we believe there is a heaven and a hell. We believe that, but do we follow that? As in, like, do we share our faith? As in, do we look for opportunity to say? Hey, where where are you where are you headed? Do we live intentionally where people see heaven in our life mm-hmm. and not just the world? I mean, I think that that's a huge uh, difference between believing and following. Well, I I would say some of our problem is if we go back to when we got saved. And you think about the moment that you gave your life to Christ, you know, we say that it's the free, you know, we've heard this and, and this is biblical, like it is the free gift of faith, not works that, that allows for you to have a relationship with God. And that's true. But does that mean that there's no cost to following Jesus? So, I mean, yes, it's a free gift of faith and and I didn't have to earn my salvation. And I think that we stop there and say, well, then believing in Jesus is enough. Believing that he is who he says he is, is enough to just accept it as truth. But it does cost us to follow Jesus. Yeah. Well, I mean, Jesus is super clear about it. And this is why um, I, I want to make sure to be like kind, but this is one of the reasons why we are in God's word mm-hmm. because, and I know we keep on using it, and it, maybe it's just in my heart right now, but the Romans uh, twelve two, like you know, the, probably the preeminent verse on transformation. Don't be conformed to this world. Well, everything else is trying to conform us a certain way. Our social media feeds, all all this kind of a stuff, and somebody actually didn't say in our last podcast. Um, that that I, I, I want to say, I think it matters here, is before I think the term was sex sells. Um, mm-hmm. well, I know it was. Well, now it is offense sells. Like in social media and stuff like that, what, what gets pushed to the top is offense because that's what people interact the most with. That's what people respond to, and they'll fight in the comments over, which creates more, more dialogue and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, that. so if that's what's trying to, we're trying to be conformed. Don't be conformed to the past world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's just, it's just so uh, ch- challenging. But uh, sorry, sorry, I, I got distracted. If when we get into God's word, Jesus is really clear. Pick, pick up your cross and follow me. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's vastly different. Whenever the disciples are arguing about who's the greatest, and mm-hmm. He says, "The greatest among you will be the servant of all." And so. Like that. That's why we can't. We can't ask more for people to be in God's word and in God and 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 prayer. You know, Second Timothy three sixteen. Mm-hmm. God's word is it's it's alive. It's it's good for teaching and and for rebuking and and for really for uh, transforming. You know, mm-hmm. that, that's that's what it's for. But I, I, something I always like to do, and then we'll move on. But it you originally said you know following Jesus costs us something. But I, I think part of the reason that holds believers back that we spend time in this podcast and stuff is they have so much more intake from the world. And so the world gets to create the narrative or the viewpoint on what it looks like to follow God instead of God's word uh, creating that. And so. Well, but- I would say, is it really a cost? So when you 
follow Jesus, yes, but like what you get in return, it's almost like when you buy, um, you know, it's like, hey, it cost me something to buy this house, but the like immediately, as soon as you know, I bought it, it was worth hundreds of thousands of dollars more. Well, was it really a cost? If now you can, you've turned around and you're sitting here with hundreds of thousands of dollars more of an investment simply because you took a step to buy it in the first place. And I think sometimes we say, well, yeah, it's this cost to follow Jesus. And yes, like you do sacrifice to follow the Lord, but what do you get mm-hmm. <laughs> in return right. is exponentially greater yeah. than anything that the world can offer you. Because mm-hmm. it is it is a shadow of what Christ has. The things the world has to offer is a shadow of the things that God has. And I think, um, you know, what... What does it mean for me to really sell out to Jesus, to like really experience transformation comes from like selling out just like a like a real UT fan. Because you are, you can say you're a UT fan. I am, you, a, I am a UT fan. You watch the games, he owns some jerseys. I do. Well, I stole know? one from Mike, but I own two. Yeah. yeah. Totally. So, um, but you're not the kind of fan that's experienced a transformation like AJ. AJ's got a podcast. Mm-hmm. AJ knows people on a first name basis. AJ's at every game. Right. In person. Mm-hmm. You know, that is a totally different. So his finances, his schedule, his lifestyle is shifted yeah. because of his experience with the UT balls. Yeah. And like you said, like that, that in this season, that's not worth it for me. But to compare it, like what you were saying, like the cost of following Jesus, like does it cost us something, which I love what you're saying, but Paul, you know, yeah. who wrote 13 books in the New Testament, he says in Romans 8, 18, and this is the amplified version I think is is, is great. He says, uh, for I consider, this is in, in parentheses, from a standpoint of faith that the sufferings of this present life are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is about to be revealed to us and in us. And so like... Like like what you said, it, comparing like what if we're never in God's presence, if we're never looking forward to like where our actual citizenship is, which is in heaven, um, then it does feel like it's costing us everything. It does feel mm-hmm. like it's it's so expensive uh, to follow the Lord, but in comparison, it just really isn't. In comparison to what we're giving, I, I just like how he said it. You know, mm-hmm. from the standpoint of faith, uh, which you were referencing earlier. Uh, that the sufferings of his present life are not worthy to be compared with the glory that's about to be revealed to us. So, Well, and I think we asked the question, like, what does God have to say about the difference between belief and saving faith? And, like, belief um, in James 2.19, it says, You believe that there is one God? Good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. Mm. So if I can say something that might frustrate you or I think it's just going to cause us to just— take a moment and allow the Holy Spirit to expose to us where we really are, is if this is where your faith sits, yes, I believe that that there is God and He has the name Jesus and there is a Holy Spirit, like those things are all real. If that's the level, that if that's where your faith sits, it's equal to that of the demons. Like they're not going to spend eternity with God. And we have to reconcile that I think some of us have been, we sit on the fringe and we aren't all in because our belief has never shifted from that place Mm -hmm. of saying, hey, like, yes, there is a God. And it's never gone from, yes, that's the truth to it changes, then it, then it changes everything. If 
then and following Jesus is about more than just the if. And we were, we're so stuck in the if part. Well, if, of course he's real, like that's it. Then, and that's the, I think the part that we miss sometimes when like we hear, we hear this concept of it's not about religion. It's about relationship, which is true. But in a relationship, if we are in a relationship, then that means something. Yeah. And I just, I, we're missing out on like, there is transformation. It is a real thing Mm -hmm. that God does. He does make you into a new creation, but you don't get to do that if you don't participate in the then part. Yeah. And I think that, you know, James, which we, you know, talk about James Mm -hmm. chapter two, I think that James would have been hyper passionate about this. James was Jesus's brother, uh, right? Which again, we we've said it before, but I think that's a huge uh, a huge uh, faith builder for Christians. Mm-hmm. That even Jesus's brother believed uh, that he was the Messiah, that he was the Son of God. But I think that James was frustrated with that too, mm-hmm. uh, watching believers because you know we picked out verse nineteen that says, "Hey, even the demons believe yeah. um, uh, those things." But James, I mean. James goes even further. There's a big theological, which theology just thoughts about God, but there's a big theological divide when it comes to some of the things that James says. You know, before we have verse 19 about, hey, even the demons believe, in verse 18 he says, but some will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith uh, without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. And it's if then. Right. And so he, he really says, hey, there's a there's a difference between, uh, he goes on, and you know, faith without works is dead. And so, uh, a, 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 and you know what, I, I want to be careful. We don't want to judge you by his heart, but um, belief without action is not saving belief, mm-hmm. um, which again, that's between, you know, people and the Lord, you know, because again, Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, you confess your mouth that Jesus is the Lord, believe that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Um, but, you know, James adds some context to that where, hey, if you believe that Jesus is Lord, Lord means that he gives commands and you obey them, mm-hmm. right? If God is not sovereign in our life, not perfect, Mm-hmm. Doesn't tell we have to be perfect, but if God's not sovereign, which a, a fancy word for in control, had the last word. If He's not that, then is He Lord? You know, on a consistent basis, Paul said late. I think it was in First Corinthians says, "Test yourself to see if you're in the faith." Yeah. You know, and I think that that is the test. The test is, hey, whenever He speaks, do you obey? Do you listen? Well, and I would say there is a part of us that knows there is. There's this thing we're supposed to be. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know I'll be in the middle of something like, gosh, I know that there's more. And I like you can call you could say that there's an identity I'm supposed to be able to embody. I think it's why we see so much of us like we're desperate to create it on our own. And so we see all of these. It's just like shattered fragments of identity all around us. And if I the transformation into that, like the process of becoming that is called sanctification. Mm. And that comes as a result of obeying, just like you said, obeying God. And I'm I love that in Philippians 2, 12 through 13, it says, Therefore, my dear friends, as you've always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his purpose mm. and work out like, and to, con- it, it means like to continually bring something to completion 
or fruition. And God's not like, he's not teaching you here, like, hey, be afraid, like in trembling, like you should be afraid of losing your salvation, which is sometimes what people will teach you. You can't lose your salvation. You know, if you've made a decision to follow Jesus. And so that means that you are acting according to conforming to striving after looking like Jesus, you know, then we get to do that by actively pursuing obedience which Paul explains further in the next chapter of Philippians. And he talks about striving and straining, you know, in the race and pressing on toward the goal of Christ-likeness. But the trembling that's articulated here, that word is not like trembling, you should be afraid of it, but it's like a healthy fear. It's like when you're tired from running, like your body trembles. Like you had worked out the other day and you came in and you're like, my legs are shaking. And it's from working toward the goal. Sometimes I get the trembles. (laughs) But it is like obedience and submission to, to the God we revere and we honor and respect is our reasonable service. It's our reasonable response. And it brings us great joy. Yeah. It's not this horrific. And I think that that there's some, we've just misunderstood, like you serve a God who loves you, who you are designed to be satisfied by. Yeah. And in our effort to experience satisfaction, we have looked outside of the God of the universe. Yeah. And and just to make something clear, we really are, and maybe if you're newer to faith, or you haven't studied it, we are really all over a a significant divide in the church between mm-hmm. what would be called Calvinism, Calvinism versus Arminianism, where Calvinism, you know, there, there's there's an elect that can't lose their salvation. Mm-hmm. Either way, long story short, people do. There are people who believe that you can lose your salvation, uh, and just in transparency, that's not where Rachel and I fall. Do I believe? Do we believe that there are people who uh, maybe they make? a emotional or a even a political, when I say political, more of like a self-serving decision to follow Jesus or a generational decision to follow Jesus, and they don't really ever believe Him or accept Him as their Savior. I think that's true, but the Bible is clear that it's not up to us to judge hearts. So I don't have like names in my mind when it comes to that or anything, or anything. but um, I think a great one a great passage for us, because I think that that's a nerve-wracking passage. That's always been hard for me, work uh-huh. out your salvation. There's there's a couple, there's, there's some verses in Hebrews that talks about if you hold on till the end. Um, and so I, I do think it really matters that like God, God, uh, a relationship with God is not like fire insurance. It's not like something that you just, you have a relationship with God just so that you won't go to hell. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not it. Like you have a relationship with God because you love him. And you believe in them, and you mm-hmm. and there are fruits. And Galatians talks about the fruit of the spirit: love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self control. Well, and you get to experience. Remember, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And you're only experiencing in this in the natural and what the world has to offer you. It's it is it's a it is shadow. It's a it's a, you can't even conceptualize the fullness of satisfaction in Christ. Yeah. And we're missing it because we become distracted or deceived to believe that what the world has to offer us is just as good. Yeah. And it's not. And so when we ref, like when we say, well, I can just believe it and I don't have to there has there's no lifestyle shift, there's no you know, I, there's nothing that looks like I live according to what I say I believe is true. We're, we are, we're, I mean, that is where this kind of like hypocritical idea of Christians comes out because we say we believe this thing 
and we're not following it. And we're missing out on the transformation that's promised us because we refuse. And it is like, it's, it's a refusal. And I know like that sounds really like harsh, but we do like we refuse and we rebel against this God who desperately love us, loves us and designed us to be satisfied in him. But unless we're willing to get in the word and be in his presence, we don't get to experience it. And so we live this life of feeling like a fringe Christian, like there really, maybe there really isn't power. Maybe God isn't who he says he is. And we fall into this place of doubt and discouragement. And that's not what Jesus died for you to walk in. Yeah. And I think that there's a, a great passage that recently we've talked about comparison. And there's a passage that I learned some things about. I think it's super powerful because I do think that a big thing that is our barometer for belief and following and obedience is the comparison. Mm -hmm. I'm not them. I'm doing more than them. But that's not, people are not our comparison, if you will. But I learned this in Galatians 6, 1 through 5. And so this this is pretty powerful. But I know we're throwing a lot of scripture at you this, this episode. But Galatians 6, 1 through 5 says, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in sin, you who live by the Spirit, that's an expectation of believers, should restore that person gently. Uh, so that's a little bit different anyway. We're not living for ourselves; We're living for others. But so Paul reiterates, watch watch yourselves or you may be tempted. So listen to this, because this is going to feel like it contradicts itself. In verse 2, it says, carry each other's burdens, and in this way, you fulfill Christ's law. So it, it, the Galatians were legalists. You know, they were, they were pointing fingers. They were rule followers, goody goodies. And uh, he, he hammers the Galatians all throughout. So if you're a heathen, uh, Galatians... Uh, is a great verse for us, but um, uh, because he reminds him, uh, carry one of those burdens because this is Christ's law. So he's not talking about the law uh, of where you point each other's sins and say, "Oh, you got to sacrifice. Oh, you're not good enough." Christ's law was that you love. I think it's uh, John 13 where he says, "A new command I give you: love each other as I have loved you. They will know that you are my disciples by your love for one another." Uh, but sorry, so it says, "Carry one of those burdens." And then verse three: If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they are deceiving themselves. For each one, so this is where it could seem contradictory. Carry one of those burdens, verse 2, but then verse 4, each one should test their own actions. So it's actions, right? Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to anyone else. Now, verse 5, for each one should carry their own load. So that seems odd. Verse 2 says carry one of those burdens, and verse 5 says you should carry your own load. Well, the, ver- the word for burden and the word for load are two different words. So the word for burden is is the word they would use for like backpack. Uh, so like you you would help each other. But for what we're talking about today, verse five, um, each one should each one uh, should carry their own load. That load is is actually the word there is is a is a a, a something that's too weighty to carry. And what Paul is referring to there is second. Corinthians 5.10, when he says that every person will stand before the judgment seat of God and give a give an account for what they did and did not do while in the body. And so uh, I think Paul is saying, hey, live a life where you love people, you care about those burdens, but also just know that you will give an account for what you do here or for what you don't do here. And so I think it's more than just, oh, man, just believe more in the demons and obey. And uh, it's it's a, hey— if God is sovereign, uh, that means he gets the final say. And he will get, whether you believe he's sovereign or not, whether you believe he's God or not, he'll get the final say. But what a better witness to the world 
than Christians actually living like we believe that he's sovereign, like we believe he gets the last word, like he gets to set our priorities. Not that we believe in him, but that we follow him and that one day we will stand before the judgment seat and everything that we do, where we spend our time, what we think about, what we dream about, all that stuff will be set before him and judged and what has eternal weight will stay and what was just for ourselves or for the world will will be gone, burnt up. Well, and I think some of us may have experienced we're like, hey, well, I have my parents' faith or, you know, I felt like it was, you know, the right thing to do. I just wanted to do the right things. So we were striving to, to, and this is where you find religion is I'm practicing all these things, but I don't, and I'm trying to do all the right stuff all the time, but I don't necessarily accept the fact that Jesus is my salvation and God is sovereign. And so I think we find ourselves trapped in one of two places. A lot of times when we're not experiencing transformation in our heart and in our mind is either we are, we have no belief that at the end of the day, Jesus is the reason that I'm experiencing life and life to the full. Like the Holy Spirit is a gift from God. Like my my placement and what I can do in my relationship with the Lord, like I can be good enough, uh, is we find ourselves trapped in religion where if we don't practice and operate and behave a certain way, then, you know, that's that means you're not good enough. Mm-hmm. And that's not entirely, <laughs> that's not biblical, right? You can't earn your way into heaven. And, but on the flip side, we say, well, I believe that Jesus is who says he is and there's grace, but that's not all of it either. Because if we really do believe that God loved us that much, he sent his son to die for us and he is the, the sacrifice for our sin, then it would, it requires some sort of response and shift and change if we're actually following him. So it's a both and, and I think we just struggle so much because we like find ourselves sitting on the edge, like, Hey, like I'm going to church once a month and you know, I feel like I'm, I'm do I'm trying really hard. And so what would you say to somebody? You say, hey, like, I'm, I'm really trying really hard and I'm, I'm trying to get to church and I'm, I'm, I'm feel like I'm giving all this effort and I'm just falling flat. Mm-hmm. What would you say? And I feel so conflicted right? Because if I really sell out, that means I can't be at my kids' games. You know, my kids can't go and do their games on Sunday. And, you know, that means that our finances have to change. Like we have to, if we were literally going to give and do the tie, like we'd have to sell our house and get a smaller house so that we could afford to do that in our budget or, you know, sell our car or something. And there's all of these feelings and frustrations around not feeling like you're walking in these things. Like you read the Bible, you read Acts 2 and you and listening to you and you say, hey, like I have this purpose and I feel like I don't, I'm not living in any of that. But I call, I'm calling myself a Christian and I believe that, that Jesus is real. But when I look at my life, it doesn't look like follow. Yeah. How, how would you encourage me to what is next? Yeah. I, for me, one of the things that I, every day I pray uh, first Peter 5, 7, when it says, cast your cares on the Lord because he loves you. Not cast your cares on the Lord because you owe him something or because you have to or uh, because, you know, it's because he loves you. Mm-hmm. Um, so he loves you. So all this, this is not a transactional deal where you're earning something like you said. Uh, but whenever you take time like that and you say, Lord, I, I cast my cares on you uh, because you love me. And, uh, and again, staying in the same vein of prayer, I would also encourage us to pray 
how Jesus told us to pray in Matthew 6 and Luke 11 when he said, pray that my kingdom come, my will be done <clears throat> on earth as is in heaven. And then very simply, I would ask the Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do? And, and uh, again, we could get really deep, but let's just start by saying, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do? And um, whenever, whenever you ask him that, I would encourage you, if you don't feel like you're prompted to do anything, I would ask another question. Holy Spirit, what have you asked me to do that I haven't yet done? And so why would he give you something else to do if you haven't done what he's already originally asked you to do at some point, right? And so just to make it really simple, obviously, we don't have time in the Word. You should always have a Bobrian plan going. You should just, I mean, that's pretty easy, right? I mean, I'm not, that's not like legalistic or judgmental, like, you know, Second Timothy 3.16, you know, God's, the, the Bible is God-breathed. It's inspired uh, to teach you, to transform you, all the things we're talking about. Uh, so we should be doing that. That gives God an opportunity to speak to us in His Word. But that's, there's, there's, there's dealing with God, which is something I'm learning right now. There's dealing with God through His Word and through prayer and through talking to Him. And then there's being dealt with by God, where God tells you to do something or where God tells you to stop, stop, I mean, stop thinking something. Hey, stop, stop. Uh, thinking about that girl at work. Stop lusting. Stop doing this. Stop doing that. Or, hey, stop thinking low of yourself. Stop. Stop. And we even let him transform our thoughts, mm -hmm. and we take him captive. And so, again, I, I, it's it's a big question around how do we start doing that, but I would listen, and then what he says, I would obey. We, we're going to say it um, on the weekend. Holy Spirit, what you say, I will obey. And so maybe you just have that little mantra, you're writing it down, and maybe you write down, listen, Holy Spirit, what you say, I will obey. And then whatever he prompts you to do, apologize to somebody, love somebody, pursue somebody, text somebody, give generously, whatever it might be, uh, doing that. But And, and that, that's not a one-time thing, it's an everyday thing, multiple yeah. times a day thing. Well, and, and I think if we, actually, if we really do follow Jesus, our life is going to change. And I think we just have to know that going into it. Hey, if you really say, I believe that God is who he says he is, that Jesus is who he says he is, then my life is going to be different. Mm -hmm. And that is not a bad thing. And we don't have to be afraid of it. Yeah. And um, so we just want to encourage you today, you know, what is next for you in your walk with God is, are you experiencing transformation or are you just experiencing fringe religion that just makes you feel a little bit better? There's an information. Yeah. There's a good way. I think not, not, most people with this podcast, are they're not like hyper-religious, but just to say a little differently, like is your relationship with God all informational or is it transformational? You mm -hmm. know, like is it all just podcast and, and Bible reading and stuff like that, or is it transformational? Are you laying hands and praying for people? Mm -hmm. Are you, or is there action being taken, mm -hmm. not just by you, but part of the unreal honor of our purpose is we get to equip other people to win their world too. Mm -hmm. um, and that's for you as well. That's, that's part of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. You know, in, in Matthew 28, we learned that. And so, yeah, I, I would just say, is it information or is it transformation? It's so and good. then let's pursue transformation. It's God's plan for it's our purpose to win our world. Mm -hmm. Can't do that without tra uh, transformation. Yeah, so good. We're so grateful that you took time to meet with us today. And we really do. We pray that you would experience a transformational walk with God. We'll see you next week. Mm -hmm.